Zion talked about how much he enjoys playing in Madison Square Garden. And uh, I'm telling you, though, there's something weird about the Pelicans. Like, ah, sure, there maybe there is. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven. Hear that, Adam? We are on episode seven of Burners and Basketball. We want to thank everyone who has been listening to us thus far, and we promise that in the upcoming episodes, there's going to be a lot of new, exciting things, some guests that you will recognize, some new ways to connect with y'all. We'll do some live shows at some point. Uh, don't forget, if you have anything to say to us, to email us at burnersandbasketball at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter, Burners and B-Ball. If you want to give us a hot take, hashtag burner take, and we will make sure to look at it. I am here with my co-host, Adam Aronson. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing well, Adam. I'm actually doing really well. Um, my pinned tweet for a while now has been like, is your mental health correlated with the success of your basketball team? And girl, let me tell you, mine very much is. Did you were you able to watch the Grizzlies game today? No, you weren't. I did not watch the Grizzlies game today. Tell me about it. I'll tell you about it. So we're playing the Portland Trailblazers three times in like a week. We've gotten two down. So we've won those two. And man. This team just looks so good. I mean, Jonas has been out on concussion protocol for the last like week or so. He came back, but we arrested Jaron, um, you know, because he's coming back from a long injury. So tomorrow against Denver might be our first look at a fully healthy Grizzlies team. And I don't know, Adam, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to see. Uh, see what the Grizzlies look like. Obviously, I'm preaching to the choir telling that to you. Uh, mm-hmm. But they they just fascinate me because they have so many players who you love to have in your rotation. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, now that they actually have all of those guys healthy at the same time, the Grizzlies are going to be one of the deeper teams in the league. Yeah, it's uh, like... Obviously, they've got tons of fun players and that starts with Ja, who was great today against the Blazers. Uh, so I'm excited. Of course, I'm not as excited as you, uh, but the Grizzlies are doing very well right now, and and hopefully they can keep this momentum up. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing. It's like we have the best problem in the entire league because it's like we have too many guys who are good. So it'll be interesting to see how Taylor Jenkins um, uses the rotations. Like, So Winslow, you know, was injured for a while. We've been playing him pretty intense minutes these last few games and pretty much not playing Tyus Jones, who, you know, I've seen some people say that it's because we know what Tyus is going to give us and we're confident in what Tyus is going to give us. So I think our coach Taylor Jenkins is just right now testing the waters and giving justice some time to play a lot of minutes and maybe get his groove going. Listen, I really like Justice Winslow. He's a great, cool guy, but I don't see him in this team's future. Um, I just see too many guys who have been producing consistently, and I almost feel like there's not a need for him. I've said this before, but Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, has basically been playing how we wanted Justice to play and how we didn't expect Kyle to play. So it'll be interesting to see if the Grizzlies decide to keep Justice this offseason, but I don't know. Right now, I'm kind of leaning towards... No, 
Yeah, I, I mean, you you know far better than I do, but just from looking at his stats, uh, the numbers are pretty brutal, which is a shame because Justice Winslow, before he started getting you know bit by the injury bug over and over, had become a really solid and useful player in Miami. Uh, so it's a shame that, uh, you know, after he was kind of like the, the crown jewel of that Andre Iguodala trade, uh, that you might Don't not get much name. out of him. <laughs> Sixers <laughs> legend, Andre Iguodala. Grizzlies Fine, legend. NBA Finals MVP, Andre Iguodala. There you go. Grizzlies um, legend, Andre. Grizzlies legend, Dwight Howard is on your team. True. Yeah. I don't know if people remember that. It was... It was an iconic big man in Grizzlies history was Dwight Howard, who never set yeah. foot on the court. But so whatever, I could talk about the Grizzlies all day. You know this. Um, I probably will talk about it later in this podcast. But right now, I want to pivot the discussion to our opponent, who is the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, as I'm watching this game today, I'm just thinking the Grizzlies and Blazers have been pretty even, wouldn't you say, for a while now? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, we had those playoff matchups against them when we still had Conley, Gasol, all of them. We were pretty much on similar levels then. I mean, we beat them despite them breaking Mike Conley's face, and we won't talk about that because it's still frustrating. We would have beaten the Warriors if his face wasn't broken. Anyways, (laughs) the Blazers are kind of in a weird position because they shouldn't be on the same level as us. We are like a... two-year-old team like our players are literally 14 years old and they have had this group for a while I mean obviously they added mellow they added Nurkic or you know but do you see this team ever breaking that eight seed run with this group uh no I mean it's been I think the Blazers have lost I think eight of their last 10 uh wow yeah, they're they're in a really rough spot right now because Damian Lillard hasn't been playing at his best. And, uh, you know, in the past, they've been able to kind of survive off of guys like CJ McCollum and Nurkic. And, you know, those guys can step up at times when Lillard needs them to. But right now, it seems like nobody's stepping up. Uh, yeah. So they're in, they're in quite a tough spot now. Yeah. Uh, you know, because at, when you're so reliant on one player, and then, and then, you know, anything can happen. Like Lillard has been dealing with injuries. Your guy mm-hmm. could get hurt. Your guy could have a rough couple of weeks. Like, you know, Dan Willard is incredible, but it's not like he's Steph Curry making 10 threes every night. Yeah. Um, so they're in a, they're in a really tough spot right now. Uh, and I'm glad you brought them up because that's a team, you know, I, I personally like the Blazers, like Robert Covington is probably my favorite player in the NBA. Cause no, you know, I just, dis- well, you say that about Chris everyone. Paul, yeah. Well, I'm wearing a I'm wearing a Houston Rockets Chris Paul shirt right now. You were literally wearing a Sun shirt yesterday. Yeah, I was wearing a Sun shirt yesterday. I'm wearing a Houston Chris Paul shirt today. I hope that I Sixers I fans listening to this podcast realize that you are literally the imposter. Anyways, <laughs> the number one is Chris Paul. Number two is the Sixers. Okay. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, I I enjoy a lot of players on the Blazers. I've always been a fan of Norm Powell. I, I thought that was a nice move by them to get him. But it just seems like this team is not it. Like they, it, it just doesn't seem like it's blending in the in the way that it was supposed to and it was designed to, uh, yeah. which is a shame because I think I think we all want to see Damian Lillard go deep into the playoffs because of how fun he is to watch. I mean, yeah, and like as we've seen, defense is just so so important, and 
the Warriors, not that their defense was bad, but I think they were like the exception, not the rule when they were like the first team I'd seen in my time watching basketball to really make it all the way by incredible offense, incredible, consistent offense, because I mean, we see the Nets right now and they have a potential to do that, but there is the question of, you know, is their defense not going to be enough to actually get them all the way? But with the Blazers, when you're so heavily relying on a guy who is so great, but it's almost like you need other options. You know, if Dame's not being Dame, obviously CJ's great, but it feels like there's just not, they don't have that factor. There's something missing. And I don't know. I think it's kind of not discussed too much. Maybe it's being exposed a little more now that they're fully healthy because obviously we all know that they are talented, but I don't know, man. I feel like I think they're going to need to shake things up and I think they might have to separate Dame and CJ, which is. Yeah, that would be tough. It would Uh, be tough, but. Yeah. I mean, the, the Blazers are still four games over 500, but they actually have a negative point differential throughout the year. Which is not a great sign. Uh, usually that's a sign that they're going to start, you know, falling into some losing streaks like they have been right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough. Why not, you know, I'm rooting for them to, uh, you know, sort of surge back into the, you know, not, not into the playoff race because they still look like they're going to end up in the play-in. But get back to a team where everybody is taking them, you know, as seriously as, as one does in an NBA team. Uh, because, I mean, when when we had... Dame going up against the Lakers last year, and he basically just won game one of that series all on his own. It was so much fun to see him, you know, at the highest level of basketball, just doing his thing. Uh, right. And hopefully he can get fully healthy and get back to where he usually is. Uh, yeah. And over time, they could start to, you know, kind of re-gel into, uh, you know, a team like they were a couple of years ago where they ended up in the conference finals. Yeah, so I'm not someone who likes to, read too much into quotes on Twitter because oftentimes they're taken out of context. But Sean Hyken, who writes for the Blazers, tweeted a quote from Dame after the loss. And Dame said, we're not the Brooklyn Nets. They have superstar power, which is kind of interesting to say. You know the ability of that team. One day they can get hot and run you out of the gym. We're not that team. But we've been in a ditch and we're figuring out a way to get out of it. I thought that's a weird quote. It's Um, a very weird quote. (laughs) Um, so actually I asked Sean about it and he said that the question was if he thinks they can flip a switch, but saying we're not the Brooklyn Nets, they have superstar power. It's almost like, are you admitting that you can't, there's, right. are you saying you're not, there's no superstar power on the Blazers? Cause I don't think that's true. Um, yeah, Dame Willard is seemingly obsessed with telling everybody about how he would never want to play on a super team. It seems like multiple times every year he he ends up talking about like, oh, I never would have gone to the Warriors like Kevin Durant did. And it's like very odd. Yeah. Uh, and like he, good for him wanting to, you know, lead a team on his own and stay in one place the whole career. I think that's awesome. Uh, but it is weird the amount that he seems to go out of his way to talk about like how he's never going to play on a super team. I mean, Uh, the man likes to make excuses. Like no matter what I respect him. And whenever, if I say that people will come from my head, but it doesn't mean I don't respect him. It doesn't mean I don't respect his game, him as a person, but he has been pretty notorious for making excuses uh, as opposed to 
I don't want to be like, as opposed to, but John Moran, for example, like he's gotten, rightfully so, he's gotten some flack for some uh, downfalls, maybe in the way he's been playing as opposed to the way people think. And he just kind of says, got to get better 12, whatever. He loves to say that. And sometimes it's as simple as that. You know, sometimes you don't need to say, we're not this. Um, We need to do this. Look, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a very odd thing with Dame because he's such like a like clearly he's such a proud guy that it makes sense that he wouldn't want to go to one of these super teams and play second fiddle to somebody else. At the same time, like going out of your way to talk about how your team is not good enough when yeah. you're, you know, still in the playoff race. Like this team is going to be playing in the playoffs in like a few weeks from now. So to be like oh, going on the record about how they don't have enough. Uh, you know, even if I would argue that Dame Willard's probably right, given the the talent on that roster, it's like not up there with the contenders in the West. Uh, right. It feels like they're it, always just like a step behind. Um, yeah. And like, that's the, that's the interesting thing is like, I don't think what Dame said is wrong, but no. I think it's weird for him to say that because then you go back to the locker room and you play with these guys who just heard you say, you know, we don't have superstar talent on the roster. Even if it's true, it's a weird thing to say. Uh, and Dame often does say weird things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. What else is happening this week? Well, I don't want to get too much into this, but we have to at least touch on this is Burners and basketball. And we oh like to- <laughs> Adam's like, no, don't bring this up. Listen, y'all, I know it's been talked about, so we're going to keep it brief, but. We have to shout out our girl Vivian from Lakers Twitter. Adam probably knows nothing about this situation. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, you're going to have to be the one to explain what went down here. Okay, I'm going to try to explain in under a minute for those that don't know what happened with Vivian. If you know, sit back, listen. You can tell me if I'm wrong about something. So this girl Vivian has been on Lakers Twitter for a while now. She's a very pretty girl. She has thousands of followers, um, similar to myself. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. Um, and she does a podcast with this man who named Josh, who tweeted that Vivian was missing. Um, she also apparently had cancer, so it was a very concerning thing. People were thousands of people were retweeting it. Celebrities were posting it. I saw a few pretty big celebrities posting. Oh my god, we need to find her. Then she was found, and on a Twitter Spaces, some. Things came to light about how maybe she had catfished this guy before. By the way, Kevin Durant is on this Twitter spaces, which just makes it all the more better because, of yeah. course, Kevin Durant was involved. And that's the somehow. most confusing. The most confusing part to me, as someone who is seemingly confused by the entire thing, is how Kevin Durant ended up involved here. Uh, but how could he not end up involved? Like it just. If there was any NBA player <laughs> who would, it would definitely be KD. Exactly. Uh, like this man is fiending for drama on Twitter, as are the rest of us. It makes so, him very relatable. So the the idea is, uh, I'm going to clarify this just so I know. So Vivian is not a real person. Is that correct? Okay. It, so it, I told Vivian was somebody's catfishing so, uh, identity. So people start to look at Vivian's pictures and there are some very obvious photoshops in them. Like there's one where people found the original photo. It was her playing basketball and it was some other woman in a different country, I think, playing basketball. It was the original picture. She put her face into it. Um, and throughout all of this, she pops back on when she's found safe and starts to be like, you guys don't know the truth, like whatever. And everyone's like, post a video, girl. Like, 
Show us that we're not true. Show us that we don't know the truth. She doesn't. Josh, our guy Josh is over here kind of trying to backpedal because people are now like, are you Vivian? Which kind of makes sense. I mean, there's a valid case there. Anyways, so we're left with the next day, Vivian pops on Twitter and posts a video holding this part. Everyone probably knows she posts the video holding a sign of her wrong name. Spelled wrong. It's spelled with an E instead of an A. And it's like a three-second low-quality video. And she deactivates soon after. Basically, this woman has been using some Instagram model's face. We don't even know if she's a woman. It could be a man. It could be Josh. I love this kind of stuff, so I am intrigued. And I think it's kind of hilarious that people didn't catch on for so long. And this woman yeah. had a whole podcast. Like, Adam, we're sitting here. What if one of us was, like, not real? Right. That's that's what I was thinking is, like, how could they be so skilled at catfishing that, like... Because, like, to do a podcast with someone, you're, like, actively talking to them. Like, no, but, like frequently. So, Josh start, comes out and is, like, she would never do video. She always had different excuses to not do video. And people played with pitch levels and started to feel like, wait, is this a man's voice? being like auto-tuned into a woman and it's it's just it's just very weird and it's very elaborate and it seems like somebody needs a lot of therapy and perhaps some time in jail because they put in a lot of effort into this catfish so yeah i'm glad you i'm glad we addressed that despite me really having almost no knowledge of what happened uh, yeah i kind of was just like eh, molly will explain it to me on the podcast so i didn't right 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 so back to basketball. Unfortunately, we have to talk about basketball too and not just the burner side. As a small market fan, which I love to talk about, I got to give a shout out to, well, the Knicks are certainly not a small market team, but the Wizards, who are one, and the Knicks, who are a team that gets a lot of shit these past few years. So I kind of consider them the underdogs, even though they're a franchise. Yeah, it's an underdog story. Exactly, exactly. So Adam. What's been going on with those teams? Yeah, well, the the Knicks have been the most fun for me just because, like, anyone who watches that team, like, I think will automatically enjoy it because they play really hard. They, like, their defense is excellent. Julius Randle has become, you know, legitimately one of the best players in the league somehow from, you know, going from, like, a solid, decent player to, like, an easy all-star who's, you know, taking, who's, like, the next, you know, face of hope for New York basketball. It's, it's pretty it's crazy. Really, of course, like uh, another Kentucky guy, like they yeah, just keep yeah. grinding them out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then they're, it's, it's just such a lovable team. They've got a young players. They've got veterans. They've got guys in between. Randall is their real, is their only real star. Uh, even like Tom Thibodeau is, you know, looks good right now because of how well they're playing. And it's really impressive. And it, it's cool that, there are fans in Madison Square Garden right now who can cheer on a Knicks team that is actually good. I mean, nine uh, like they in are a gonna, row. They're, they've crazy. won nine in a row. They're going to end up easily making the playoffs. Uh, it real. I really do recommend if you ever get a chance to watch the Knicks play, especially at home, you should because even with limited capacity, that atmosphere is great. Obviously, it's the world's most famous arena and all that. Uh, they're they've been really fun. And so have the Wizards. The Wizards, I think, have won eight straight. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really and you Did know they we play all know today though. 
Uh, I want to say they play tonight. Yeah, we're record. This is as of Sunday night. Oh, while we're recording. This. So we are recording Sunday night, and it's a two-point game against the Cavs with seven minutes left. So, all right. So hopefully, our Washington Wizards can hold on to that lead. <laughs> our uh, Washington Wizards. But yeah, I mean, everybody knows how good Bradley Beal is, uh, and Russell Westbrook has had like a really remarkable season, especially the last few weeks. He's putting up ridiculous stat lines. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun team. Another team where it's like fun just because like nobody saw it coming. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're, you know, winning all these games and kind of like uh, the Suns even though. Of, yeah, it's it is it is kind of like the Suns. Obviously the Suns are like in a different tier than teams like the Wizards and, and it's Knicks. And cuz it's but, been longer, you know, it's been all season yeah, and in it's bubble, been but. right, exactly. And the Wizards have had such a rough last few years and the, like yeah. the John Wall all the John Wall injuries and then you know, people thinking that Bradley Beal is going to want out and all these different things that have gone wrong there. And now they seem to be getting towards the right path, which is, you know, Bradley really Beal. cool for them. Bradley Beal, yeah. if you're listening to this, come to the Memphis Grizzlies. Or or conversely, Bradley Beal, if you're listening to this, come to the Sixers. Adam's like, come to the Suns. Oh, I mean, I mean the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, come to the, yeah, go play with Chris Paul. I'm uh, telling you, when Beal played the Grizzlies this season, we beat them. He was just, you could tell he was loving it. He was loving Dylan's energy. I think that with a guy like Ja, who has, and Jaron, a young guys like that really do have an ability that the Grizzlies have not had in a long time to pull in a free agent type. Um, yeah, a quick funny story about Bradley Beal. Uh, I so like if quick you, funny stories. If you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> you know that I go to most Sixers games. Uh, to cover as credentialed media and everything. Nice and flex. yeah, no big deal to me though. Totally no just, deal. you know, just another day. Um, but anyways, <laughs> there was one, there's been one Sixers home game all season that I did not go to. And it was a game against the wizards. And I was like, you know what? Like it's the wizards. What's the craziest thing that can happen. They'll probably win. It'll be fine. Whatever. And of course, Bradley Beal scores 60 points. Uh, so no, I, I miss, even wanted to be there. Yeah, so the so I huge mistake on my part. To be fair, this was the night of January the sixth when there was some uh, there were some pressing current events going on in Washington D.C. Um, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it Bradley Beal is remarkable, really, and I'm I'm glad that he's on a team that's starting to win some games. And same for Russ, even though I've never been a big Westbrook guy, he's been you know it's undeniable that he's been awesome this year. Uh, yeah, so the Wizards and Knicks, you know, both look like they're going to end up in the playoffs now. The Knicks seem like more of a lock at this point. Yeah, uh, I have a similar cool. story it's, to yours, Adam. Yeah, it's it's just a nice, uh, I'll let you do your fu- quick funny story, <laughs> but uh, it's just nice to see like an under, you know, underdog type uh, exactly. group playing exactly. so well. We absolutely love that. Everyone, how could you not love that? Um, so when I used to do work, I helped with social and digital for Indiana University. This one game, it was on like a Friday night, and I I used to work a lot of the men's basketball games, but I asked someone else to take my shift that night because I wanted to do something else on a Friday night. Stay at home and study, obviously, was what that was. Um, hmm. And at that game, Victor Oladipo was there because he's an IU alum and I love Victor Oladipo. And we like this. So I probably wouldn't have been able to do this anyways because it was my first year working. But 
still someone got to like approach Oladipo and get him to film a video for us and that would have been cool and I really wanted that to happen to me because I think at the time he was on the masked singer it was like airing and I wanted to get him on tape confessing to being the masked singer because he hadn't revealed it yet by the way if you have never watched Victor Oladipo sing on the masked singer Victor Oladipo is an unbelievably good singer. It's crazy. Y'all, he would be a four-chair turn on The Voice. Like, I I have watched him sing Easy, Easy Like Sunday Morning, but Easy, uh, and Rainbow by Casey Musgraves on The Masked Singer, like, more times than I would like to admit. His voice is... Is he has a beautiful voice? It's, no, I, 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 I remember the first time I heard him sing. Like I had no idea that he sung at all, and I was like, "Wait, what is going on right now? Is this Victor Oladipo singing?" And then it was actually really good. It's no, you guys though. Like if you haven't heard it, it's not just really good. It's it's amazing. Like I am endorsing him. I would listen to him. I would genuinely listen to him. Like he's got this soul and his like inflections when he sings. Anyways. We could talk about Victor Oladipo. This is going to be a music review podcast. Now. It is. You know, let's change. Let's change course. We'll review Dame Dalla next episode. Oh, God. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> but, okay. Anyways, back to basketball. We have had some injuries. Uh, some might be an understatement. Adam, yeah. talk to us about some injuries that have happened in the recent days. Yeah, the, the ones that come to mind since we last spoke is Trey Young and Jamal Murray. Trey Young, it looks like, avoided a really serious injury, but is still going to miss a few weeks. Jamal Murray tore his ACL. He's out for the year. It's tough, and, you know, it's not cool because, you know, a lot of people think, and I wouldn't argue this, that it's to some extent a byproduct of the crazy schedule this year where they're condensing so many games into such a short amount of time. Uh, you know, it's a lot to put on these guys on top of what they're already dealing with, you know, both just as basketball players and in their personal lives. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's upsetting. Like, you know, every, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I've been very excited about the Denver Nuggets. And now all of a sudden their second best player is gone before the playoffs start. Uh, and like we've seen Murray in the playoffs and, we, and we've seen how good he can be. Oh, we've seen God. him put up multiple 50 point games in the playoffs because. He's unbelievable. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really a shame. Uh, Jamal Murray's a wonderful player, and hopefully he gets well soon and is ready for next year as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, there's been a lot of discussion recently about, you know, the condensed nature of the schedule and how that might be forcing more injuries this year than we usually get. Uh, and it's tough uh, because that's, you know, the spot the NBA decided to go to. Uh, to get as many games as they possibly could. And I get that, you know, each game gives them so much money. And, you know, the difference between 60 games and 72 games means a lot for the NBA financially. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's tough to see, you know, consistently all of these top flight players getting hurt. And maybe it's just a coincidence, but it's hard to imagine that it's not at least a little bit related that, uh, you know, teams have so many back-to-backs and three games and four nights and all that right. and six and eight and all that. Like, um, how are you going to find teams for resting players for no good reason and then play have teams play? Like, the Grizzlies in the second half of the season, we don't have a single stretch where we have two nights of rest. 
How insane is that? Yeah, it's crazy because because teams like the Grizzlies and others who have been impacted by COVID more than most, mm-hmm. like their schedules are even crazier. Um, and like, you know, the, the Sixers, for example, they only missed one game due to COVID. So their second half schedule, you know, it's definitely difficult to navigate, but it's not anything close to the Grizzlies who, you know, their their schedule is absolutely insane. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, obviously, like this is literally a given, but I would never wish injury on a single player. No injury, even if it's Marcus Morris, Andre Godala, would never in a million years wish that on them. I, neither so, would I. I would never wish injury upon any NBA player. He says with an evil grin. But my point is, I don't want to compare who I'm most sad about or whatever, but one that really, really does bum me out is Jamal Murray. I mean, Missing out on that team with those, like you said, now that they have the addition of Aaron Gordon in the playoffs is such a loss for NBA fans. I mean, there was a chance for a team to, and obviously they still can achieve things. I mean, they have maybe the MVP on their team, but it's just, it's a chance for a team who's not one of the maybe predictable ones, you know, the Nets, the Lakers to really come in and make it far and shake things up. and. Getting rid of Murray, who was just the biggest delight to watch in the bubble last year, is just like yeah, such a shame. Yeah, huge bummer. Uh, I think you know I've certainly made it known how much I enjoy the Nuggets. It sounds like you do as well. Uh, it just you know, like you said, it stinks when like that's a team that I think really had a chance of making a deep run into the playoffs. And you know, Nikola Jokic is still there, and to me, he's the MVP this year. And they've got such a good team still. Uh, but to lose your second best player, that's, you know, hard to come back from. How many times is Adam going to like, s- like subtly slide his own team? Well, I'm, I'm objective. I know. What no, I, I, I think you're, I think that's a reasonable thing to say. I'm just giving you a hard time because yeah. many teams like, like if, if I had him beat on my team, I'd be like, he's the MVP, but you're a yeah. better. Look, I love Joel and like, I hope Joel wins it. Um, and I think, you know, if you told me I could pick one player in the NBA for a single game, I would pick Joel. Um, but Ooh. it matters that Jokic is going to play the entire season and Embiid is going to end up missing, you know, 20 plus games because it's not just that Jokic is healthy and Embiid's not. They're so close on a game to game basis. Like, they're, yeah. like they're, if they played the same amount of games, it would still be so tough because they're yeah. that close. So when they're that close, I think you just have to, take into account, you know, one guy is an Iron Man, the other guy is like certainly not. So I have some bad news for um, NBA fans, specifically fans of LeBron that are listening to this. Uh, an Ohio bar has said that they will not play. <laughs> they will not play NBA games until LeBron has been expelled from the league. So, I mean, because that one bar is going to play his games, like I personally think Adam Silver is going to, yeah, LeBron will be expelled. Oh, I'm sure, LeBron's going to get it thrown out of the. Yeah, the most famous Amer- athlete in American sports is going to uh, just get expelled. Which I love the use of that, like he's in high school. I know or something. exactly. Like LeBron, expelled. you're coming to the principal's office, but come yeah. on. Yeah, people. it was. Yeah, the you know, of course, I wish that these kinds of people wouldn't do the things that they do publicly. But it is cool that <laughs> the guy who owns this bar has just been getting roasted by like everybody on the planet for the last I few know. days. Um, yeah, 
Like, you know, if you're going to say we're not playing NBA games until LeBron is expelled, <laughs> like, sorry, man, I guess, like, people just aren't going to show up to your place then because, like, everybody loves basketball. Yeah, um, you have a player like Myers Leonard saying, like, a literal slur. That's not... Yeah, not My, enough, yeah right. But, that's that's fine. But, but LeBron, LeBron making yeah. some... I don't even want to say political, but making some statements involving some very... Yeah. Some very disturbing things in our country right now is not is not reason for expulsion. In fact, it is not reason for, in my opinion, much backlash at all. If any, I don't, I don't even know what this what this latest reason was. But yeah, some other goofy thing that I noticed this week happened was the Zion Madison Square Garden Knicks fiasco. Which uh, did you see about that, Adam? Uh, yeah, I think I did briefly. Um, it sounds like uh, Zion talked about how much he enjoys playing uh, in Madison Square Garden, and now everybody in the guy's second year in the NBA are already trying to... Uh, yep. Uh, okay, Zion's in New York. It's obvious. Like, ship him out on the next flight. But for real, <laughs> I have two comments on that. Number one, as I literally will say 20 times in every podcast, as a fan of a small market team, this narrative that national media loves to throw around that they need to ship off any, any star. There's no reason any star would want to play for a small market team. Like no reason, right? Like just get them, get them to the Knicks, the Lakers, the Nets as soon as you can. But the other part of me that likes to be petty is kind of like, I feel like there's something off with the Pelicans. And I've felt this for a long time. There's something just like off about like, their vibe and their culture there. I yeah. Mean, well, pers- personally, I've enjoyed rooting against the Pelicans for the last year I, and a half. I and I, I, I don't, I don't anymore. Uh, you know, there was just a really bad part of their team that seemingly isn't there anymore. I can't quite put my finger on, on who or what that is. Um, <laughs> JJ Reddick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you said it, not me. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is, it is frustrating to some extent when it's like, we can't even give this guy like two years in the league before we start like pretending we know where he's going to go in free agency. Like Zion is not going to be a free agent for like eight or nine years. Like people forget how much to, like he's going to, he's going to have four years on his rookie contract. He's going to get a five-year extension. And that's the first nine years of his career before he could hit free agency. Like the idea that, uh, you know, this is something that could happen soon is ludicrous. Uh, I'm telling you though, there's something weird about the Pelicans. Like ah, sure, there, maybe there is, um, but no, but this comment by Zion is unrelated to that weird thing. It just yeah, gives me an exa- opportunity. Yeah. yeah. The Pelicans definitely have not been as good as, you know, I, feel I like hope they, they need to be. establish themselves a little bit of a better brand. I don't know. Like, Something I don't know. Maybe the thing is like take note recently. You know, you see teams and they've got their little brands. You got Trust the Process. You got Grizz Next Gen, G and G, Grit and Grind. The Pelicans. There's just something a little weird in the air that they just haven't quite felt like the pieces have fit together in a puzzle nicely. Yeah, I feel you know I feel like a trade that they recently made with the Mavericks might uh, might help them a lot in terms of. Uh, you know, having a better brand and being more likable and less reprehensible. Okay, Adam. Adam, do you have anything you want to discuss or should I bring up one more topic that I... Why don't you bring up one more topic that you want to talk about? All right. Last topic. 
And I want to hear Adam's opinion on this. So I was watching the Nets, speaking of the Nets, kind of, the Nets, Pelicans the other day, and the Nets, Steve Nash, I know he fouled up three with a good bit of clock left. Um, you know, definitely significantly over 20 seconds. And I just wanted to know what your opinion on fouling up three is. Besides that it's very lame and makes games a lot more boring. Yeah, it definitely like is kind of a buzzkill. At the same time, like when the clock is running out and there are only a few seconds left, I do think it makes sense to do if you can. Uh, like obviously you have to be very careful that you don't foul a three-point shooter. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I think it's probably the right move in some spots, but like the my overwhelming thought is just that like I wish it didn't happen. Uh, and I don't blame anyone who like, I don't blame Steve Nash or anyone else who does it. Like if I were them, I would probably do the same thing. Like their job is not to make the the end of the game as fun as possible. Their job is to win basketball games. I mean, Um, you have to be very confident in your free throw shooters to to play that game. And that's what I was going to say is like a team like the Sixers that might not go so well. I'm with Uh, you with the Grizzlies. (laughs) But like, you know, when you have Kyrie Irving, James Harden and Kevin Durant on your team, you're probably yeah. more comfortable at the free throw line at the ends of games, uh, which I think matters. Do so they I, have I think all it, three of them on their team? Or <laughs> they, Allegedly, they have allegedly. all three of them. Yeah. Uh, there's no evidence of this over the last three months, but nope. uh, allegedly they have all these guys. Yeah, I think, it, I think it depends on the time. I think it depends on who your best free throw shooters are. I think it depends on who you're fouling. Um, but my overwhelming takeaway is just like, I wish it didn't happen as much as it does because it's so much more fun to like see a shot go up at the buzzer that has a chance of going in. I know. I'm like, okay, like who's going to hit the, who's going to attempt the three or two, whatever to get the Pelicans ahead. And just like that, it's there. It's fun is sucked out of the game. It's a back and forth free throw shootout. So yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't blame anyone for doing it. No, yeah. right. Like the numbers tell that that is a smart strategy. Right. It's just a bummer when you're when you're someone like us, just like wanting to watch a game and see fun basketball. Yeah, other like, people. Three seconds just left. Up, we're just gonna shoot a bunch of free throws. It's like obviously not as fun as like when you have a chance to see a buzzer beater or something. Yeah, definitely agreed. Definitely agreed. Um, there should be some interesting. Storylines this, I mean, these next few weeks are going to be interesting. These episodes are going to be getting interesting to say that for the 15th time. But I mean, there's a lot of storylines that are going to slowly be coming to a close. We've got, we took a break from gracing you guys with the MVP discourse this week. We mentioned it for like two seconds, but just because we know that's been played out, but we are nearing the end of the season, the regular season. Uh, we're going to see some crazy flips in the last few seeds and to see who gets the playing game. So, Burners and basketball, this now is the time to invest. That's right. Hop on uh, the train. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's late on a Sunday night, so we're going to wrap it up now. But you will be listening to this on a lovely Monday, and we hope it somehow helps you make that Monday a little more special. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening to episode seven of Burners and Basketball. 
Make sure to email us, burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Burners and B-Ball, and tweet your hot takes, hashtag Burner Take, to be mentioned on the show. Now, drum roll, please. We have Adam with our awkward sign-off. Adam? I, I never know what to say during these awkward sign-offs, so now I'm just going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.